Now we're good? Mm-hmm. What is up, Austin, Texas? We are back. Austin Live and Local, live from the ATX. It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks since we've been off, but we're coming back rejuvenated, refreshed, ready, ready, ready for South by Southwest. Got some, uh, got some events coming up that we're going to be sharing with you guys this Saturday. I don't want anybody to forget, Saturday uh, the 3rd, we've got the blackout uh, up at Spinner's. Uh, the Gotham Room at Spinners up in uh, North Austin off 35. Uh, you got Jay Brook, Freshly, Super. They're going to be doing their, They're going to be doing the blackout. Uh, they were on a couple weeks ago. Our guest today is Chris Bowie. He's actually going to be the photographer that's on scene for that event this coming Saturday. We're going to sit down with him. Uh, he's actually making a huge impact here in Austin with the fashion scene. So we're going to be sitting down discussing with him the fashion industry, the photography industry, uh, the type of impact he's made here in Austin and what he's taken away from it. Uh, the culture out here for all of those industries is booming, uh, and he's at the cusp of it right now, and he's doing big things. This hat right here, that's Chris. Uh, is what you're wearing right now what you got? This is Chris, by the way. Yes, Is sir. it all you? He's fucking doing some things, people. We're coming at you live right now. This is live from the ATX. doing this weird thing where it's like has a little bit of a lot like a i don't know what that is where? it's on the edge i don't know but anyway where? this oh. is this is all live performance so everybody can hear us <laughs> yeah it ain't bad it's just like what in the heck is this why is it mirroring it's all right it's hmm. all right i'm good I'm sitting down thanks for coming in man yeah no problem man, hey, man. It's going to be a good episode. It's a good episode. All right. Well, we are back. Austin Live and Local Live from the ATX. It's been a minute. Uh, working on some projects. Shout out to uh, to Knives and Row and Tanner and all the guys we've been working with. And been sitting down with Chris these last couple of weeks and been working on some projects and some ideas going on. And, and we're back. Back in action. Ready for it. Um, this is Chris Bowie. Chris Bowie, tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. yourself. Introduce yourself to the world, to Austin, Texas. Tell us what you do. Tell us what you're about. Tell us why you're here. Hey, um, I'm Chris Bowie. Um, first and foremost, I'm a fashion designer uh, originating out of Colleen, Texas. Um, been out here in Austin for about uh, five years now. Um, also, um, been just doing clothes and everything for like the last seven or eight years, even prior to coming out here. Um, I'm a full-time student at the um, Art Institute up north. And uh, I do photography and videos um, also along with that, just because it all kind of fits the same culture. A little bit of graphic design, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Right. So you kind of dabble. You're all in it, man. Yeah. Which, which is, uh, uh, how, so how we got introduced, obviously, is we did a live stream a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was our second episode. Uh, we had Jay Bro- or our third episode. We had Jay Brook on uh, along with Freshly. They were both in here promoting their show, which is happening this Saturday. That's what we just talked about. Um, and you tagged along, man. And you you took a lot of the photos that got featured on our website, got featured uh, through a lot of their promotions and stuff. You were in here doing those photos, and you came in, uh, you just kind of ghosted yourself in the corner, and we're in these precarious spots. And you ended up connecting with us because of what you do. Uh, Trent particularly got got hooked on you because of the fashion, and that's that's something along the lines he wants to start working with and going down that road. So that's what really drew us to you. But you are, man. You're a jack of all trades, Thanks, and man. you're you're coming with a lot of professional quality work. And I believe that this is a perfect platform for you. I believe that Austin's the perfect city for you. And I'm excited to see what you produce, man. And we're really excited to work with you in whatever aspect we do. And that's why we wanted you on here. We wanted you on here to, to talk about your brand, talk about your image, and talk about what you anticipate doing and, and, and what you're going to make out of this opportunity. So we're super excited to have you Thank on. Thank you, bro. First and foremost, why Austin? And what about Austin 
it has driven your your project so far? Okay, so uh, like I said, originating clean, um, went out to Houston, um, the University of Houston, my first year out of school, and um, it's a different kind of environment out there. Uh, it was just kind of like Austin is very fresh ground. Um, there's not a lot of people out here that are necessarily identified with certain things. It's kind of a fluctuation. It's it's by crowd and by it's everything. Weird. Yeah, it's Austin's definitely thing. weird. <laughs> um, but it just it, it's not too far away from home for me. So I was able to you know see my family and stuff like that. Um, very because uh, that's like a major part of why I do this. Yeah. And um, also just. It's a beautiful city. Um, every time I've came out here, I did a lot of festivals, Marley Fest, um, been out here during ACL, and all those festivals attract like the perfect crowd for me and bring out like the people that identify most with me. So um, when it comes to festivals, music scene, anything like that, this is like honestly, this is probably the perfect place in Texas. Every, you know, it's find your own kind of thing you know and with all the things you do you're, you're kind of in a perfect spot regardless of what you're involved in because everybody's into fashion everybody's into some sort of photography or visual aspect of an event or a show which you also do and then again with the with the digital design i mean or the graphic design you know people that attend those events for the sake of networking and building their own brand that's what they look for too so you kind of cover all grounds when you when you when you go to those events. So I, I imagine that you come away with a lot of connections, yeah. a lot of networking skills. How has that helped you? How is that being able to? Because when we had a meeting originally and when we first talked, you talked about how the culture was a little bit different than what you were used to. You got some rejection. Yeah. That's so. How has that worked into your favor, and how has it worked against you? Um, I primarily do, or I mo like mostly do streetwear. Um, the higher fashion scene um, isn't too open to streetwear. Um, I, being in my hometown and stuff, um, streetwear is all that we caught, like kind of see out there and stuff like that. Um, so to come out here and try and push that streetwear onto the scene and it wasn't really accepted or really... Um, embraced. Embraced, exactly. Um, it, it, it was kind of like... Frustra like frustrating at, at times but uh, what I learned was it, it's more about getting on foot and stuff out here in Austin the shows the bigger events and things like that as far as like competitions and things like that they're all good for notoriety and for meeting you know those uh, like celebrity almost type uh, entities mm -hmm. but when it comes to just um, being out here weekly or um, just conversing with people and identifying with them, I, I found this is like the best place to be. A um, little bit frustrating, like I said, going up the ladder and trying to break those ceilings that are kind of in place. But at the same time, I feel like Austin's really embraced me as far as like what I bring to just the general people and general population. I think that Austinites are real self-aware. So like, I feel like um, they they know what's good, and they also know that they want to support certain things that have been around, but they want to embrace the new. Exactly. So it's they run into a lot of complications uh, because they want to work with things that are established, but in order to to not do, in order to get that done, you have to work with things that haven't been established. But then it's like we're dealing with someone else who who is all about name brand, in my perspective, and he's 
reaching out to the more celebrity, the celebrities or the those type of people to get to, I guess, boost his clout or boost him. When honestly, if he did it by numbers and he got with more people from that are making things happen, that don't that aren't necessarily affiliated with labels, he would get more. He would get he would value the the, the outcome more. Do you, but maybe not. Do you see yourself falling into like? Okay, so if from that perspective, do you see yourself falling into any niches? Are you in a niche where you're still like that new, that new brand? You're coming up, people are liking you because maybe you're the new flavor of the week or you're what's hot right now. Or do you find yourself really establishing a loyal fan base and a loyal? Because that's something that Austin does have. Is yes, Austin can be kind of fickle in a way because they always like the new hotness. They always like what's coming up, but they do have a sense of loyalty. And I think you see that with a lot of artists, especially the artists we we work with, Jay Brooks. Yes. You know, they have their crowds that they bring from. Colleen, they bring from wherever, you know, they have that loyal following. You establishing yourself here and going through those different ranks and those different competitions. And fashion's and, not easy anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. are you are you able to find yourself in a niche where you're establishing a loyal fan base and people that like you because of your designs? And are, do you have people coming to you for collaborations, your style, or are you seeing a response just because you're putting out fashion in general? Um, it's kind of all over the scale, to be honest with you. I've, I have a pretty loyal fan base that's kind of been with me for years. Right. Um, they contact me anytime something's dropped. Yeah, no problem. Um, but they, they supported me a long time. I, like I said, I got started back in my hometown. We really had some things going, and it was great. Um, but... I wasn't too open. At first, I was trying to get a brand really established on my own, mm-hmm. um, make it national, global, you know. And it, it kind of took away from the artistic focus that okay. I, I'm more, like, focused on. So I've kind of reverted back to really focusing, like, on my artistry. And so that's opened up doors for collabs. Like, you know, I'm looking forward to doing the clothes for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to collaborating. And that's kind of... Like, I, I think I said this when we met um, the last week. Uh, I, I kind of realized I wanted to do this for the love of the game more mm-hmm. than anything, right. you know? So my clothes, everything I do is an expression of me. And if somebody identifies with that, then, like, I'm all for it, you know? And I'm going to make sure that they're able to wear it or something like that because the reason I started making clothes was because I felt like, there wasn't enough clothes out there that really represented me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm bright, colorful. I'm, I'm, I do this all day, you know. Yeah, paper planes. They're f- yeah, that's the kind of shit you get, but that's that's awesome. Yeah. It's an eye catcher. I immediately paid attention to it when mm-hmm. you walked in. I didn't know it was paper planes until you pointed it out. Now I even like it more. I thought it was just like it's shapes. But Thanks, yeah. bro. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you, I, you also said that you you want to focus on the artistry, and you said one offs. Like you, you think. What do you think about Supreme right now? What do you think about what they're doing? Supreme, I. Supreme has established something major that you know they don't have to be a major name brand that's available all over in stores like a Ralph Lauren or something like that. But they have a crazy fan base. Um, I actually uh, watched a few interviews. Uh, I think the. Um, people that did it were like Convergence or something like that was the name of the uh, uh, group up in New York but they were just talking about the resale life people standing outside and just waiting and trying to get these one off so honestly I kind of celebrate that in all honesty because they were able to find their niche and just niche and just kind of 
go into that, you know? That kinda, we talked about it, right? Because Supreme, it came from, uh, what was that? There was a brand before Supreme, and then Supreme became that... Um, I'm a bathing ape? No, 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 no. Uh, the skateboard brand that became Supreme. Um, I didn't know that that was the case. Uh, Obey. Obey became Supreme. Oh, yeah, Obey. Yeah, yeah so... with the face. It's... I remember wearing Obey a long time ago, and that's the same that's the same click that Supreme's from. So it's interesting that they went from like mass producing it for everybody to making it more you know unique. Like people but, were already looking for certain products that that Supreme now puts their label on. It's just now that it now it's a limited supply. Oh, I mean, I, th- I feel Obey was kind of limited for a while. I mean, it started. Obey had a cult following, and I think that was the big deal. Like you saw, everywhere had an Obey sticker mm-hmm. or a tag of Obey. It was like Andre the Giant. Every, yeah. He was everywhere, and I think the commercialism of Andre the Giant, and obviously it's very, very simple. Obey, it 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 clicks with people, and I think that's probably why Supreme. I mean that they kind of cultivated their own little niche following by 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 having that street branding. It's kind of like a street team. Independent bands are always the most have the most loyal fan base because you get that street team vibe. People are out there putting in work so their favorite band can be heard and be recognized. And that's how Obey is. You see an Obey sticker, you want to go and you want to get that next Obey item because you're you're fucking you you're you're in, in embraced by whatever they have, you know. So if you're creating something that that speaks to people, even if it's like they put you can put a Supreme sticker on hammers now and they sell for a bunch of bullshit. But that's just because Supreme is ingrained in the culture exactly. now. Exactly. So obey i think had that as well i don't know how they create that i don't know if you can really set out to be a a niche brand or a brand that has like an underground following well, i would say because i don't know if that's in a game plan but back in the day zoomies was popping yeah. i don't think anybody goes into zoomies now yeah zoomies not the spot but, not the, spot, like, <laughs> but the culture of buying fashion you know, changed too it's all online now i was in Nobody there goes to tilly's the, or this is why i will never go back there again i found these uh supras that were you can't find them really on, online, but they're Supra uh, Assassin Creed edition, and they're they're white. They're like boots, and I was like, man, I want these. So I went to go grab them. It's the last last to start. One was a size eleven, the other one was size ten. Someone, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like, ah, whatever, you know. So they had sold a size ten or eleven to somebody that probably didn't even realize that they had a ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they had two <laughs> different size feet. Yeah, <laughs> so they needed a ten and an eleven. But then the last box was there, and you, yeah, not gonna fit me. I got probably a twelve and an eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too funny. But when it comes to like, honestly. Supreme is and is a company that I would like inspire like that inspires me that I would want to be just because like you know I feel like a lot of people in the fashion industry especially coming up through school you know um, they had big dreams outside of you know what I had dreams of you know I kind of wanted to take fashion bottle it up inside of me learn all these techniques and stuff and be able to bring it back to my friends and family who didn't really have access to it. You know, a lot of people in the fashion industry have these big dreams of working at Chanel, Dior, and they'll spend the next 10, 15 years and just get just getting strong along. Yeah, getting strong along, you know, and that's not something I ever wanted, you know. So when it comes to Supreme, Bape, um, other like really big brands, but limited ones like OVO also um, big and limited. um, I think that's what we're moving towards. And that's what people should try to be more like build your fan base stay true to what you are 
let those people continue to build and like once you get the clientele kind of up the as long as you keep the quality up you don't have to make this large quantity mm-hmm. by by limiting it i think it makes more of a demand you know it's just like yeah, supply and demand. to attach to that i was watching this uh this keen no it wasn't a keynote it was some, some sort of speaking event this gentleman did i don't remember what his name is but he was talking about zara you know are you familiar with what zara does yeah so they make five dresses or whatever they send it to the store and then people co- the at the end of the day they're supposed to comment oh well, what do you like this you not want to buy this what what do you like about it what do you don't like about it and then the the saleswomen sit they send it in and then the couple next month whatever was wrong with it let's say it had a zipper on it that people didn't like they get rid of it and then they put out the mass production dress but the first one's five and if you don't get it then you don't get it you know you don't get that that one off that has the zipper the extra you know, zipper, <laughs> extra, you know? zipper pocket and then that's that's the one that sells for god knows what exactly yeah they 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 actually released like a limited uh collab last year that went like crazy i actually was at the domain the day oh, really? um it was with uh, Balmain. It was a Balmain oh, and H and M collab. They did a bunch of like badass embroidered jackets, and they did a guy's jumpsuit. And by like it, the store was open, maybe an hour, everything was sold out, and mm-hmm. everything retail like reselling was like three to four times the price. Wow! So um, I don't really, to be honest with you, there there is some things kind of wrong with the fashion industry, you know that I and that's kind of something I wanted to change. Uh, what do you think's wrong with it? A lot of people don't know. Like, you know, when I first went to fashion school, I was in love with fashion. I still am, you know. But, you know, my teacher set me down. And, you know, like, first day we're talking about class and going over the history of fashion. And fashion is, like, the number one polluting industry on the planet. Um, okay. So even above cars, even above, you know, the dyes that we put in this stuff, um, you know, the the waste that we just throw away uh, there's like literally like in you know third world countries and stuff there's a lot of like old clothes and stuff that's just piled like in like craters and stuff like that which is just like ridiculous to actually think about because there's a lot of people out here suffering and stuff that don't have clothes you know we pass by a lot of them every day out here on these corners and stuff suffering you know and uh Brands, you know, I I hate to kind of brand bash, but H and M, Zara, they're very they they mass produce to a point where they're one of the largest contributors. Exactly, yeah. and they're on the opposite end of Supreme, in my opinion. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. whereas they make a bunch of stuff, don't really care about quality. Or well, I won't say don't care, but quality isn't the number one thing. The quantity is more of what it is. You know, Supreme, I feel like, focuses on quality and just lets the quantity kind of be right. the background mm-hmm. of it. So um, that's something that, that inspires... H&M is a retailer. Let's be clear there. They're not a fashion company. They're a retailer that happens to sell fashion well, they, trends, accessories, they things of that nature. Supreme they don't sell, a, like, they're not like Nordstrom's, though. There's there's a big difference between H and M and Nordstrom. Yeah. Nordstrom's, you know, they got everybody under the sun under the store. H right. and M sells their own products. Yeah, H and M actually has their own brand within that store. Right, but I think in the over art, like they're a retail company. Like if somebody yeah. was to acquire H and M, or if they were to label it, it would be a retail company, not a yeah. fashion brand. Whereas Supreme's a fashion brand, yeah. not H and M. H and M's a business. Well, I don't know if Supreme is even a fashion brand. Now we talk, you talked about the like branding. They they product brand which means they get like hammers or snowboards or whatever and then it becomes supreme i would say they're they're a merchandise company supreme 
but along your lines, I was thinking of like you—you you were talking about it's polluting. A company that tried to fix that was Tom's, you know, and that didn't work out. How has that not worked out? It didn't. It doesn't. It, it had a cultural state for so long, but it, I don't think it's—I don't think it's relevant. It's still making an impact. Yeah, they I would still, say they yeah. Still, the, they still do it. But they then, is the it really making an impact if the shoes aren't going onto someone's feet? You know, you wrong? you're reproducing old old materials, but then that's just as polluting as as having the materials just laying out there. But he, what he's I think saying is there's the opportunity to clothe people that are in need. There's an opportunity for all the stuff that is going to waste to be yeah. used resourcefully. Well, I think that actually more so, uh, it's those you know Super Bowl championships or NCAA championship shirts that they got to print massive amounts of but never the, the wrong winners then they send it off to third world countries yeah. you know that's that's where it's like yeah 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 and that's you know that's what inspired me to get a lot more hands on you know um a lot of people don't realize you know also when you're getting stuff made overseas you know you really got to look into the companies and manufacturers of your stuff because you know, there's been a lot of incidents over the past few years of factories overseas, like, crashing on the employees. Yeah. And, oh, God, yeah. You know, just bad work conditions, you know. Horrible and environments. Infrastructure sucks. You know, horrible. Where they're working sucks. It's not just the conditions they're working in, but it's the environment. The, again, the buildings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not making anything. And, and they're paying them shit wages, too, at that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one of the big things... You know, I, I, you know, my mom was a single mom for a long time. You know, um, I got two brothers or two older brothers, uh, a younger brother, two younger sisters. There's six of us total, you know, and I really identify with her and like I, I of course, care about her to like an infinite amount. So when I saw that, you know, most of these women, most of the people, the stuff that gets made overseas is made by women. And most of these women are mothers and they're just like going through the worst conditions. Like I just couldn't really like participate in that just because like that's my mom. Like I've, I've always been a type of person that kind of I would try to put myself in other people's shoes, you know, and I I would never allow my mom to work in a factory all day getting the minimum amount of wage, but that's all the options they really have. So, um, you know, I just, I, I encourage people that are really into fashion to not only look into um, wh where and how they're getting their stuff made, but also to really try, like, don't try and lowball, you know, just ask them what they need. You know, I know a lot of companies will try and get the lowest price and everything. And, yeah, you don't want to pay over a certain amount for things. But, but pay what it's worth. Exactly. Don't you know? underpay. Don't, don't, so don't. I guess that's kind of like why H&M and, and I even like to say H&M is the Ikea of fashion. Of fashion. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just basic. I, a very weird perspective to have, too, given your career path, given the fact that you want to be a fashion designer, and yet the culture that fashion's built around is a very abusive one, a very limited one, uh, not for the employees, but definitely not employee-oriented, not, you know, no. it doesn't provide the best options for people, but, I mean, it's one of the most booming industries in the world, which kind of sucks. So is it safe to say that you're looking to change the culture of fashion in a sense of how people look at it, look at the culture? You know, that's a very, very powerful move. It's a yeah. very powerful move for a couple of reasons. One, you're in the fashion industry yourself. It's not like you're PETA and you're a vegetarian coming after, 
you know the fucking farming industry or the whatever you're not against the industry you're in the industry yeah. you're in it at a at a probably the most important level you're you're trying to establish your brand you're putting your money and your thought and your time and all these things into a product that you're producing that is still growing you know you're not an established company that's getting revenue every single year that's you know making plans to expand and open up in new cities no you're building it from the ground up yeah. And while doing so, you're looking to impact the culture around it, which is very, very, very powerful. Thanks, bro. Have you, have you received a response? Are people jumping on board with this vision? Because this is a separate, this may be something that you're able to take a whole another path down. Like you could do fashion and make that your thing, but the way you, you approach your fashion and the culture around it, that could be a whole other path. Yeah. Has anybody gotten on board with that? Has anybody come to you and said, hey, man, you're right. You know, we, we should start like a collective that... You know, has anybody come to you with any ideas or, or on board with that? So what's crazy is a lot of my classmates, a lot of the like the Art Institute, Austin, man, they're all with it. Like our new this new generation that's kind of coming in and trying to really like lay kind of a, a new foundation in the industry is really pushing towards that. We're pushing towards more technology and clothing and stuff like that, but also knowing where you're sourcing stuff from, um, the the people that are making it and everything where that's going. Where the waste going. is going, how it's being handled. Exactly. So I think, you know, I, I, I hate, I, I won't even say hate, but maybe it's going to be like considered a millennial thing but we really are trying to make changes and there there's a lot of things you know it it doesn't make sense to me that we produce more waste than a cars do you know like there's more cars on the road every day than you know anything probably new out here in the world being pushed yeah, you know? yeah new fashion products so um and yet fashion's more waste produces more waste than cars do exactly and, like what's the biggest thing right now that is impacting global warming like people blame cars and gas i mean everything's going electric and yet nobody focuses on the fact that the fashion industry impacts exactly. the environment more than that exactly like and it's it's ironic that someone in the fashion industry <laughs> has to point that out and make a change for that yeah, it's great. It's like blew my mind. Like like I said, I came in with a passion. When I heard that, it kind of just made me like stutter step a little bit when I was just like, really? Like, Did you yeah. battle with that internally at all? Did you question, man, is this what I want to do? Or what, what, what held you on to continue wanting to do fashion? It was just kind of establishing kind of my method of doing it. Knowing that like I want to have a clear conscience whenever I made some clothes, had them made or something like that, mm-hmm. and really just having some morals and standards set for myself. Once I did that, it was just a matter of finding people that could fit inside those standards, you know. But it, it, I had to lay that kind of foundation for my brand and for like just me moving forward. That, you know, I, I watched this documentary uh, where the guy said, you know, if when you're wearing clothes, you know, if you really thought about where it came from and if you thought about a woman crying, blood, sweat, and tears while she's making these clothes, would you feel as fly as when you have these clothes on? And, like, you wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? If they sent you a video of how this was made and, like, if they were going through pain, then you wouldn't want a rocket, you know? It's the same as the pita. It's you know where your food comes from exactly, type of thing. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's just... Trent's <laughs> contemplating stuff. I mean, that's a 50-50 thing, though. Yeah. Maybe she's so passionate about the work that she's doing that that's the lengths that she'd go to. 
Yeah. Right. You know? But so it's like you see the 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 pain in it outside of. I, I think you the image that I'm getting is that it's it's the foreign worker inside of a foreign factory. But there's also you know, yeah. I mean, Europe is Europe's fashion centric. Yeah. And that's what they. That's the ultimate industry to be in, at least in Italy and 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 you know the southern yeah. Europe. So. It's it's like a real real weird. One, one you can interpret it one way or the other. Yeah, you know the really the thing to really look into as far as that subject goes is like the third world countries, like the Vietnam. Yeah. The people that you're seeing on your tag, yeah, they don't have an economy over there. They don't have anything, so they're dropping these big factories there, and you know they have one and the person. The work environment's not suitable. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where really you just, you know, it's it's the less fortunate that you have to kind of look out for. And that's just life in general, that you know? Can, that can, when you start going down those lines, that's an outsourcing argument. That's an argument for if outsourcing is a reliable source for businesses to go down, or mm-hmm. a reliable path for businesses to go down. Uh, I mean, the te- the communications industry, every company is outsourcing. Yeah, especially, they're like, you know, and that's, they're probably... I think where the impact is is with fashion. It is labor. Like it's it's one thing to be able to answer phone calls and deal with people, but it's another thing to be like the the sweatshop exactly aspect of fashion is a very real thing. That's exactly. not something that's made up. It's not like it's a it's a myth. No, people are working twelve, fourteen hours a day, slaving away, poking themselves, bleeding, getting injuries, and they don't get their breaks. They don't get to go home for a week. They don't no get to AC. they don't get to do any of that. Yeah, yeah, you're literally working and sweating for your five bucks you're gonna get at the end of the day. These are like you know these these <clears throat> and then we get into the university system at that at that level because there are job there are jobs out there in third world countries that are basically like going to the university because you may potentially have the opportunity to go into a little bit better sweatshop i think that's what it what it it's so funny how all this stuff intertwines but it's clear with the issues that we have going on with the obviously the gun control issue all the different social and cultural issues that the world is experiencing is the desire for change is there on all all aspects, and this is just the fashion aspect of it. Like exactly. it's, you know, it's one thing to worry about uh, the conditions in other countries for people that are doing specific things, but when you get into something as simple as fashion, every single day fashion is impacted impacts your life. You wear clothes every single day. I don't think people do pay attention to that, yeah. and to actually have a voice that speaks out against that, that's a sign of the fashion industry being in line with the rest of the world they're looking for change now you're just getting the voice for it you know and you see that now we were talking when we met last week we were talking about uh project runway yeah you know because that's my guilty pleasure i like project (laughs) runway but even their most recent seasons they make it a point to to highlight the fact that they're using different sources for fabrics they're using uh different sources for their material and their you know who they rely on for where they're getting their fabrics because they need to make a good impression right because they're eventually going to be forced to change as well you're eventually going to get these these millennials that are coming in and saying hey the fashion industry needs to change we need to start recognizing these these faults and fix them so you got to have the leaders of the industry do that as well you got to have your project runways and your your Posen, whatever his fuck, Josh Posen, whatever his name is, he's got to be able to go out there and say, hey, yeah, the fashion industry does need a change because he's got the power to say that and the impact to have people follow him. So, and you see that. You do see it. 
but it's probably not enough. It's probably not enough to make an immediate change. It's probably not enough to make an immediate impact. But you get these these guys that are coming up in the industry. If you can get an entire generation of people that are coming up in the industry with you to have that same message, that's what's going to change the culture. Yeah. That's what's going to change the industry. Because then they're going to be the next CEOs of, of Chanel or whoever else is, is out there. And then they're going to say, hey, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. Because exactly. we realize that on the back end of it, people are suffering or we're not being an equal opportunity company or we're not, you know, helping people in this way. We're doing more harm than help. So I don't mean to take away from the powerful message that this is, but I would like to come back to like the art part. Yes. So with your, with the way you design clothes, you say you've, you've been focused on streetwear. Do you think there's any translation between from the street to maybe Hot, like an environment, like an award show, or, or or something like that, that because it is like it's frowned upon to you know wear, you know traditional mass marketed uh, streetwear. Is there a scene? Is there gonna be like? I I don't even know how to explain it, but you can go from with streetwear to the gala party, you know, and and there being a translation. Yeah. So a lot of that. I think comes with the celebrity that's actually wearing it. Right. They have the ability to pr- pretty much put on anything, and that is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as like you know um, the runway shows, fashion, like you were talking about Paris and all those places, th- that's going to still be a niche. As far as like, um, it- it's not really something that's really pushed as far as streetwear goes. You know, and uh, one of the things that. I kind of realized was like streetwear feet like fits a certain type of culture, you know, and it fits kind of us, you know, uh, go getters um, on the go and like, you know, but like Kanye West said it perfectly in his interviews with Sway. Like people thought he was talking crazy, but a lot of the stuff that he said in those interviews, I identified with, like to the T. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said was he went over there, spent millions and tried to, you know, impress these people with, you know, what he's able to put out now with Adidas, you know, uh, the Colobos, I don't know how to say his brand, but it's under Adidas. But, um, like, it, it just is a ceiling there for us. Like, streetwear has a ceiling where you know, couture, the upper level fashion, the finer fabrics and stuff. And you can still make streetwear out of very nice stuff. And that's kind of what I try and do. I try and take the very high fashion elements, but apply it to streetwear. And that's pretty much me, you know, Um, because they are two separate universes completely. When you say a ceiling on streetwear, though, what do you mean? Like a like a an earnings ceiling? Like you're never going to see streetwear products sell as much as a Gucci bag. Or because if you look at it from, I think, saturation perspective, more people probably wear streetwear than they do Gucci, but Gucci makes more money. Exactly. You know, so is that what you mean by a ceiling? Like streetwear is never going to get to the point to where you're seeing, you know, jackets and shit. Is it also a a problem of awareness? It's not just awareness. It's like more of like, it's kind of scary to some people, you know, to some extent, you know, to see, you know, what they kind of distance off in their world right in front of them. It kind of blows their mind, you know, to some extent, you know, because how do I put this? I I take a very deep voice into my stuff as far as, like, I try and represent for the guys that came up like me, you know, and 
a lot of guys that came up like me can't necessarily walk in a room and be accepted in every room, you know? And I feel the same way about my clothes. Like, uh, streetwear to me is more like there's this social ceiling is what I would kind of call it, where as far as in the fashion industry, it's not necessarily frowned upon, but like you said, a lot of people wear it. You got to get out here and get on foot to make streetwear sell, whereas... The higher fashion dresses, couture, crazy outfits with all this craziness going on that you could never wear, but looks very nice. It's art. That becomes the what you see on magazines, what is pushed as far as like what people hope to be, you know? I think streetwear can be your whole life, you know. It's my whole life as far as like I don't really find myself trying to um like switch over, you know, like so you it's just like a level. going into like high end fashion. You don't see yourself going into that that suit making, dress making world. You're always going to be streetwear because that's where you see. Well, to yeah. a certain degree, right? Yeah, I do like collabs. I do one offs and stuff like that. But as far as me, well, you're working on a dress that I that I really liked. It was it's pretty dope. Thanks, bro. And I hope that turns out really well. Thanks. Uh, I get so many things going on in my brain, but uh, where do you think? fashion culture comes from is it the youth the current culture um definitely comes from the youth okay um i think it's the like the music scene i'm i'm so influenced by the music scene Mm -hmm. um and just social media and everything that we see kind of the visual aspect of our lives whether it's looking at our phones or going to festivals or shows or you know everything like entertainment industry has kind of been picking up a lot i feel like or you know that's our number one like industry in the u.s is entertainment Mm -hmm. so that is a lot of what influences the fashion of today it's just entertainment yeah and uh but locally it's a lot more freedom and just like people vibing with that you said you were talking about layers the last time we spoke. And I, I think someone else talked to, I think I sent you a video about some people being uh, interviewed for New York Times or something like that that were on, on South Congress. This is a lot of connecting the dots here. But you can't really wear layers. No, not at all. Here, <laughs> unless you want to sweat your ass off. Yeah. So it's difficult, especially in these warmer climates, to go from street to the gala. Because in, in like a colder environment, you can go from streetwear to the gala just by taking a couple of layers off. Exactly. Here you really can't do that. And it, it, it's, that's the, that's the, I guess, the discord between the young, the youth, or what's new and what's existed prior. So like, I, I see these kids now they go go to school the most important thing for them is to have the you know dopest supreme or you know and that's like that's opposite of what the message should be yeah. you should be unique exactly the idea is that you're unique but if everybody is trying to be you know have supreme on that's not unique that's that's consumerism that's you know, capitalism in its finest. Yeah, and a lot of that comes with, like, the social media and stuff, you know. The more that they're pushing that, not even pushing that, but, you know, the more people are posting in that stuff and putting the hype behind it, the more it's going to be like that, you know. It's going to keep saturating the whole 
Supreme movement and or any brand's movement as far mm-hmm. as that goes. Because that's that's very culturally based. Like you can say that. I mean, yeah, you 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 want people to hopefully go to school and everybody be unique, wear their own. You know, if they've got the one designer they want to wear, everybody's wearing a different designer. Not everybody's wearing Supreme. But at the same time, where does like when you were a little kid, eight and nine, what did you not want? You didn't want to get made fun of, right? So you yeah. want to be the cool kid. So what did you do? You bought all the cool shit that all the other cool kids were wearing. So mm-hmm. you weren't the dork with the stupid shoes or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all. Good story. That's already <laughs> like a. That's already like a hard pressure to like. Okay, if I'm gonna be, and that's an aspect. As a child, you you. Develop, you want to be liked. Yes, and you yeah. develop it as you grow, and so you try to be the cool person so what's one way to help you be cool wear cool shit wear the shit everybody else wears so you fit in nobody has a reason to pick on you nobody has a reason to call on you or think anything differently that's where your space comes in exactly which is so which it's almost contradictory no but it's contradictory for sure to the fashion industry because you want to be different you want to you want to produce this stuff that maybe people feel weird wearing or or feel but but do they even really notice that's that's where my awareness thing came in i don't think i don't think people I think people really like your stuff. I don't think they're they're aware, or even I think this doesn't even have anything to do with your stuff. It could, it's supreme. They're not aware that that thing they're wearing is just a Hanes sock. But they they don't realize that. But that's I think where it's going. That's the cultural shift. You that's think so? Gonna hap- I do. With but let me like let this. me bring up something that's pretty interesting. And then I want to hear your story. Is that the deep the deep pop that I showed you? There, I was looking for a Gucci bag, and one of the things that Gucci did was they built a drawstring bag, and on the bag they wrote, "Common sense isn't always common." There's no difference. Bet- there's no difference between a plastic bag and that bag. You could make that bag in anybody, and then write the same thing that they wrote on it, and it's a knockoff, but it's the same thing. They knocked it off the same. It's just from the same manufacturer. Exactly. And unless things change where there's some sort of authentication system for for fashion, and your stuff is very authentic and Thanks, from someone who enjoys fashion, but from somebody who is, you know, the type of kid that wants to be like, not not saying you, no, but no, the no, type of kid that wants, wants to, to fit in, isn't fashion fit conscious. In. Right. They're not fashion conscious, so they see all their... And I had the... I was growing up this way. I, I feel like I wanted to be the kid that moved in. So I wore the Sperry's. You know, I wore the same thing that people, the brand name stuff. Now I wish I had gone, I wish I had this insight back then and I would have worn, you know, less common things. As I get older, though, I realize those constraints, though. Yeah. Because there are people out there who are like, you can't, you can't be different. You can't, you know, wear your... Someone wait, wants to wear your clothes like that. Maybe kind of like that. <laughs> maybe wear some, <laughs> maybe like, wear some pants people don't like sometimes. Man, or something. I, get, right. you know, some I get kicked out the club all the time for these uh, pants. They won't let me have my pants on. It's I wasn't referring to your pants. I was actually referring to some <laughs> other pants we were talking about earlier. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's true. But see, I'm fashion conscious, so I know that those are dope pants. Those are, those are interesting. Right. And if they want you to walk in there without your pants on, you know, it could be wild. And that's just it. <laughs> they could let you in with your pants on. Yeah. And it would be for better whatever. that they did. Exactly. For whatever, but for whatever reason, for their, the for trend, their the culture, they've got a checklist. Yes. Oh, you don't meet the checklist, man. I'm sorry. That doesn't that doesn't prove that you're not fly. You're still clearly fly. Yeah. <laughs> you're just for whatever reason they can't can they don't the fashion industry is. And isn't that crazy? It's like it doesn't it's 
like if you type in a website and it doesn't come a 404 error. They just don't have the I've they never don't even, have the data. I don't think I've it. ever really processed that. But the fact that you can be restricted from entering places by what you're wearing is exactly. fucking crazy. And crazy like, you know. Well, that, let's not get crazy though. There people come in with like tape on their yeah. themselves. That's wild though. <laughs> that <laughs> is. That <laughs> is. Like, that's fashion okay. <laughs> That is. That is. But I mean, the f- We're going to get to the point where that's cool, but I think we're a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I personally think we're a long way from even... I guess, so, tell your story, but I have a question in, in that I think can kind of bridge this gap. So, and I'll ask it just now. Uh, are you looking for someone that could give you that, that recognition and that notoriety behind your brand? Because maybe... Because that's another thing, too. You get these, these companies and these brands that get behind, like, let's say, an athlete, Right? The company can't sit there and control what kind of impact that's going to have. If if all of a sudden, you know, you feature JJ Watt in some pants that you did, and all of a sudden the demand for a hundred thousand pairs of pants is there the mm-hmm. next day, you're gonna fucking do it. You're not gonna sit there and and say, oh shit, I'm not gonna. But you you'll be conscious about it. You'll yeah. sit there and say, hey, I'm gonna make sure I make a hundred thousand pants, but they're gonna be from the fabrics I want, from the sources I want. You'll be diligent and and you know you'll make sure that it gets done the proper way. But you're definitely not going to snooze on the opportunity to fucking have J.J. Watt wear your stuff and, and get some, some notoriety, right? Definitely. So have you tried establishing yourself with any, anybody like that yet? Have you tried yeah, getting your image about out this. there? You, you, we both talked about how difficult it is to find like local, local fabric or local textiles. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, he's trying to do that. But there's not really the opportunity to do that in the way that's the most – the the industry's like set up out here you know we don't even have a fabric store out here in austin you know actually that's one of the things i kind of want to put in the works somewhere down the line in yeah. mine power if move, I'm out dude. Here, very powerful move fashion and I, I need a fashion store out here to actually if you need 100 square feet of something you can go supply, get supply yeah. you know because people where just, do you get all your stuff now uh right now most of my Pretty much all my stuff I'm ordering from Move Fabrics. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The from, Project yeah, same Runway. from Project Runway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Up that's in right. New York. So yeah. uh, I actually went out there last year around this time, or it was actually March of last year. I went to New York for my first time, went there, saw the store, met a few people up in there. It was, like, really cool. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, I think we were discussing last time, the closest place that has fabric that's actually, like, designer-type fabric is Dallas. That's mm-hmm. a four-hour trip. And that's eight hours, pretty much back and forth, and it, it it's not it's not economical, you know, as far as for no. me to go up there, back there, and then at least not for what you're doing right now. Exactly, if you need to because go and pick up a month's worth of supplies, it would, but <laughs> it would be a lot more convenient if you could just establish a spot. And no pun intended, you and I are cut from the same fabric, so it's like <laughs> we're here. Where's our stuff? Where is our resources? They want. It's it, it's I don't I don't know what it is yet. I think maybe Texas is a big state, so it just hadn't gotten here yet. I don't know. I think they you know um, they call Dallas the fashion capital of Texas. But what I learned was when I was going out there um, to Dallas and like their fashion week and stuff like that, it's not streetwear related at all. Oh, it's really? very high fashion ball dresses and stuff that we never see out here. Like mm-hmm. maybe you might take a girl out every once in a while and she'll right. wear something Prom fancy or something it's, like that. Yeah. Exactly, but for the most part, it's just streetwear. But we don't have a store here to really bring that to life. Yeah. And know? if it is, it's 
they're sourcing it from Dallas here, and they got scraps that need to be distributed. Exactly. Know? And yeah. that ain't that ain't good for nobody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mean it to be. I didn't. We we were gonna go towards Stitch Texas, you know, the, the company that I talked to you about a while back before you went to New York or California or something like that. And, I mean, it's still something I'm interested in going to do, see what they're doing out there. But it, like I just said, they're just using re, reused fabric that's yeah. from Dallas or from... They're getting their fabric from somewhere. They're not, yeah, yeah. They're not making yeah. the fabric. And or, then or, for that, none of, the, none of the textiles are from Texas. Like, nobody's growing it. Oh, man. There's so much. Yeah, I know. There's I know, so much. Know, but anyway, can, you, can we close on your store? Oh, yeah. Let me tell y'all, man. Because I didn't just pop up one day and fashion was me. It took a while to you build. Mean you, didn't come yeah. out, you didn't come out in a onesie that was no. looking super fly, dude? I don't know. Uh, um, to be honest with you, I, like, we, we struggle. My mom's single mom, like I said, and uh, she's in the military. And the necessities were a priority and the wants came second. You know, one of the... A story I can kind of identify with what y'all were stating earlier was um, I remember uh, you know every everybody as soon as you came back from Christmas break or anything like that you brought out the fresh clothes yep. first week fresh clothes yep, yep, you know yep. and uh, it was right around the time that we were getting ready to go back to school and um, like right before the end of the last semester uh, I get on the bus one day I got a pair of K-Swiss on how do you uh, the middle school still, yeah, okay. um, and they just clown me for these case lists. They clown, clown me for my case it's weird, lists. They're you know? popping now. Yeah, it's crazy. They're popping now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they clown me. I remember I held on to that so hard, oh, and uh, you know, my mom. You know, everybody was wearing the fresh all white Air Force ones back mm-hmm. then, high tops or mid tops, perfect. You know, and uh, I begged my mom to get them. You know, and uh, she told me she'd see what she could do, and I begged her and begged her and begged her. And long story short, I asked my older brother for him. She finds out. She gets, like, super pissed and was just like, hey, you'll get them when you get them, you know. But I was trying to fit in. I didn't even realize that. Like, these are some clunky, heavy, like, Air Force ones are cool, but I'll never wear Air Force <laughs> ones again. But I, that's what I wanted so bad. Yeah. I wanted so bad to be in polo every day to the point where I used to outdo everybody in, like, polo, you know? And and all of that, I, I thought I was, like, fitting in. But in, in all reality, you just kind of end up losing yourself because you just realize mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's... They don't really care about you. They don't really have a message behind it that really you should identify with, you know. So, you know, I just encourage people to be grounded in yourself, be confident in yourself. I I know it's hard sometimes because, you know, um, I I get crazy stuff all the time, being black, being, you know, straight in this industry, all type of stuff, you know. It's it's kind of Which is something you said is a thing. No, 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 that's... (laughs) But again, you're just you're dealing with struggles everybody deals with. Exactly. And it's it's really about how you react, how you overcome. And it can be something as simple as just looking back and being like, fuck, I probably didn't need those stupid shoes. Like yeah, really yeah. stupid shoes. <laughs> but it look at how it's reflected though. Exactly. And now you're coming in with a mission to change the game. And I mean, you do you feel like you're accomplishing something? Yeah, at least? man. And do you uh, feel like you're I think you are, man. From the outside looking in. Thanks, bro. 
And I think Trent the same way. I mean, I feel that there's yeah there's a definitive. But I think, a, and I want to make this, oh, man. I, I kind of sometimes I don't want to go into this this political statement or whatever. But there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. They wouldn't do what you're doing right now. They're not going to go out there. They're like, 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 like. I, I like his idea, but they're not the ones to voice it. They're not going to put that voice behind saying the fashion industry is not taking care of the youth or not taking care of uh, our elders. They're not doing what is best for for society. Yeah, not being That's ethical, a, not being, not being whatever. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. And it, behind the keyboard, you can say as much as you want, but until you do make that action, like you're doing right now, it ain't going to change anything. Thanks, bro. I'm just trying, like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be in this life. I may not be the number one fashion designer. I may not be on the cover of a magazine one day, but I can make an impact in my area in life. And that's, you know, I hope everybody in life kind of realizes that. Like, it's not about being front page celeb or your name being known for forever. It's like the impact that you can make directly, you know. And I, I do feel like out here I've been able to do that. You know, not only through fashion, through photos, through everything. I just try and, like, let people know their worth, you know, because a lot nowadays, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't know the real value that they mm -hmm. carry. They're always comparing themselves to someone else and comparing. and Or to what they see on the TV screens or what they see. You said entertainment, biggest industry in the United States. Exactly. They, people do. They equate themselves to who they see on TV, who they see on magazines, who they hear on the radio. And they're left with this maybe feeling of not being fulfilled or not accomplishing something. Exactly. When really you can by just doing small things. That's what's that, I think that's what's powerful. I think if you have a message, it's saying that. Yeah. And it's it's you have the proof. I mean, you do. Where can they fi first of all find all your stuff? Mm -hmm. Because that's another big thing is you're talking about what you do and your message. Everybody listening needs to find you where they find you at. All right, so my website, official website, you can find fashion, uh, all my photos of just different events. It's going to be louiebuoy.com. Can you spell it out? My last name, dot com. Um, also, you can find me on Instagram at uh, X, uh, L O U I E B, uh, by Louis B. And um, that has the link to all my other pages on Instagram and stuff like, like that. Um, a lot of uh, the work I do is, like, contact-based. So if you ever need something, feel free to reach out to me. There's a lot of private stuff, private events I've done to people that haven't necessarily even surfaced on social media. But I like that. I like being able to give somebody quality work, and when they feel like putting it up there, they put it up there. Or if they want to just share it with their friends and family, you know. So I'm... I'm always going to give my best work and my, my best quality. So, yeah, um, always feel free to reach out to me because I'm down for the work, you know. All right, well, thank you for joining us with this podcast. You're a young icon. Thanks, With a very powerful message, man. And True I feel that, that when uh, if it's, it's a message that you're only going to spread through your work. And I think it's a very important message. Thanks, bros. I, and I, you are making a difference, at least at least from our perspective, and, and here in Austin, definitely. Yeah, You're I mean, can't wait till there. we. I, I can't wait till we can work on the collaboration that we're gonna do. Uh, it's not gonna be for everyone. It's gonna be for us internally. But um, and then the other working with some of the people you collaborate with on the more mass scale type type stuff. 
Yes, we're going to definitely make some major moves coming up. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and just allowing me this uh, platform to uh, even speak about this. Any time, man. Anything you do, any event, any project you work on, you've got an outlet. you got an outlet to come out and talk about it. We just hope to do you justice, man, because this message bro. is something that definitely needs to be heard. And, yeah. And I encourage it 100%. Thanks, bros. I really appreciate being on today. This was, like, kick-ass. And, hey, uh, you know. The pleasure was ours, man. <laughs> Getting you on here is, is all, all is what it's about. All right, bro. You want to talk about next week? Um, yeah, so next week we'll be back in the studio with uh, Knives Monroe. We got, actually got a double header. We'll be in the studio with Common Chaos. I'm going to have Trent and Knives on, and then we'll be right in here right after with, uh, with Knives. And then... I'll be at it. I'll be off a week because I'll be in California. I don't know exactly, but yeah, we got we got a bunch of different things coming on. They can find you this Saturday, right, at the blackout yeah. event. So, what are you going to be doing there? Are you just for photos and, and videography, right? Yes, photos and videos. Um, one of the uh, freshly's going to be in one of my outfits out there performing, so it's going to be badass. And yeah, I'm just going to be there to support the crew and uh, you know get ready for South by and everything because it's starting. It's kicking up, baby. This weekend, yes. you ain't got shit to do, Austin. You know uh, it's the weekend before South by starts. Get out there, spinners, the Gotham room, up at spinners, the blackout. Louis going to be there yeah. taking photos, doing his thing, and then we'll be back next week. All right. See you all later. Cool. Thank, Thank you. Thank you all.